Chapter Twenty One of Love Insurance by Earl Durr Biggers. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Chapter Twenty One High Words at High Noon. In the Harrowby suite, the holder of the title, a handsome and distinguished figure adorned for his wedding, walked nervously the rather worn carpet his brother hastily pressed into service as best man sat puffing a cigar with a persistency which indicated a somewhat perturbed state of mind on his own part brace up allan he urged it'll be over before you realize it remember my own wedding gad wasn't i frightened always that way with a man no sense to it but he just can't help it never forget that little parlor with the flower of marion society all about and me with my teeth chattering and my knees knocking together it is a bit of an ordeal said allan weakly jack feels all sort of gone inside the telephone ringing sharply interrupted george harrowby rose and stepped to it allan you wish allan very well i'll tell him he turned away from the telephone and faced his brother it was old Mary, kid seemed somewhat hot under the collar wants to see you in their suite at once what what do you imagine he wants going to make you a present of riverside drive i fancy go ahead boy i'll wait for you here allan harrowby went out along the dusky corridor to the meyrick door not without misgivings he knocked a voice boomed come he pushed open the door he saw spencer meyrick sitting purple at a table and beside him cynthia meyrick in the loveliest gown of all the lovely gowns she had ever worn the beauty of the girl staggered harrowby a bit never demonstrative he had a sudden feeling that he should be at her feet you you sent for me he asked coming into the room as he moved closer to the girl he was to marry he saw that her face was whiter than her gown and her brown eyes strained and miserable we did said meyrick rising he held out a paper will you please look at that his lordship took the sheet in unsteady hands he glanced down slowly the meaning of the story that met his gaze filtered through his dazed brain martin wall did this he thought to himself he tried to speak but could not dumbly he stared at spencer meyrick we want no scene harrowby said the old man wearily we merely want to know if there is in existence a policy such as the one mentioned here the paper slipped from his lordship's lifeless hands he turned miserably away not daring to face either father or daughter he answered very faintly there is spencer meyrick sighed that's all we wanted to know there will be no wedding harrowby what his lordship faced about why sir the guests must be downstairs it is unfortunate but there will be no wedding the old man turned to his daughter cynthia he asked have you nothing to say yes white trembling the girl faced his lordship it seems allan that you have regarded our marriage as a business proposition you have gambled on the stability of the market well you win i have changed my mind this is final i shall not change it again cynthia 
and any who had considered lord harrowby unfeeling must have been surprised at the anguish in his voice i have loved you i love you now i adore you what can i say in explanation of this we gamble all of us it is a passion bred in the family that is why i took out this absurd policy my dearest it doesn't mean that there was no love on my side there is there always will be whatever happens can't you understand the girl laid her hand on his arm and drew him away to the window it's no use allan she said for his ears alone perhaps i could have forgiven but somehow i don't care as i thought i did it is better embarrassing as it may be for us both that there should be no wedding after all cynthia you can't mean that you don't believe me let me send for my brother he will tell you of the passion for gambling in our family he will tell you that i love you too he moved toward the telephone no use said cynthia merrick shaking her head it would only prolong a painful scene please don't allan i'll send for minot too harrowby cried mr minot the girl's eyes narrowed and what has mr minot to do with this everything he came down here as the representative of lloyd's he came down to make sure that you didn't change your mind he will tell you that i love you a queer expression hovered about miss merrick's lips spencer merrick interrupted nonsense he cried there is no need to one moment cynthia merrick's eyes shone strangely send for your brother allan and for mr minot harrowby stepped to the telephone he summoned his forces a strained and happy silence ensued then the two men entered the room together minot george old boy lord harrowby said helplessly miss merrick and her father have discovered the existence of a certain insurance policy about which you both know they have believed that my motive in seeking a marriage was purely mercenary that my affection for the girl who is was to have become my wife cannot be sincere they are wrong quite wrong both of you know that i've sent for you to help me make them understand i cannot george harrowby stepped forward and smiled his kindly smile my dear young lady he said i regret that policy very deeply when i first heard of it i too suspected allan's motives but after i talked with him after i saw you i was convinced that his affection for you was most sincere i thought back to the gambling schemes for which the family has been noted i saw it was the old passion cropping out anew in allan that he was really not to blame that beyond any question he was quite devoted to you otherwise i'd have done everything in my power to prevent the wedding yes miss merrick's eyes flashed dangerously and your other witness allan the soul of the other witness squirmed in agony this was too much too much you minot pleaded harrowby you have understood i have felt that you were sincerely fond of miss merrick minot replied otherwise i should not have done what i have done then mr minot the girl inquired you think i would be wrong to give up all plans for the wedding i i yes i do right minot 
and you advise me to marry lord harrowby at once mr minot passed his handkerchief over his damp forehead had the girl no mercy i do he answered miserably cynthia merrick laughed harshly mirthlessly <laughs> because that's your business your mean little business she said scornfully i know at last why you came to san marco i understand everything you had gambled with lord harrowby and you came here to see that you did not lose your money well you've lost carry that news back to the concern you work for in spite of your heroic efforts you've lost at the last moment cynthia merrick changed her mind lost the word cut minot to the quick lost indeed lost to jephson's stake lost the girl he loved he had failed jephson failed himself after all he had done all he had sacrificed a double defeat and therefore doubly bitter cynthia surely you don't mean lord harrowby was pleading i too allan said the girl more gently it was true what i told you there by the window it is better father will you go down and say i'm not to be married after all spencer meyrick nodded and turned toward the door cynthia cried harrowby brokenly there was no reply old meyrick went out i'm sorry his lordship said sorry i made such a mess of it the more so because i love you cynthia and always shall good-bye he held out his hand she put hers in it it's too bad allan she said but it wasn't to be and even now you have one consolation the money that lloyd's must pay you the money means nothing cynthia miss meyrick is mistaken minot interrupted lord harrowby has not even that consolation lloyd's owes him nothing why not asked the girl defiantly up to an hour ago said minot you were determined to marry his lordship i should hardly put it that way but i intended to yes then you changed your mind why i changed it because i found out about this ridiculous this insulting policy then his lordship's taking out of the policy caused the calling off of the wedding yes why it may interest you to know and it may interest lord harrowby to recall that five minutes before he took out this policy he signed an agreement to do everything in his power to bring about the wedding and he further promised that if the wedding should be called off because of any subsequent act of his he would forfeit the premium by god said lord harrowby the taking out of the policy was a subsequent act continued minot the premium i fancy is forfeited he's got you allan said george harrowby coming forward and i for one can't say i'm sorry you're going to tear up that policy now and go to work for me i for one am sorry cried miss meyrick her flashing eyes on minot i wanted you to win allan i wanted you to win why minot asked innocently you ought to know she answered and turned away lord harrowby moved toward the door we're not hard losers he said blankly but everything's gone it's a bit of a smash-up good-bye cynthia good-bye allan and good luck 
thanks and harrowby went out with his brother minot stood for a time not daring to move cynthia meyrick was at the window her scornful back was not encouraging finally she turned saw minot and gave a start of surprise oh you you're still here cynthia now you understand he said you know why i acted as i did you realize my position i was in a horrible fix she looked at him coldly yes she said i do understand you were gambling on me you came down here to defend your employer's cash well you have succeeded is there anything more to be said isn't there on the ramparts of the old fort the other night please do not make yourself any more ridiculous than is necessary you have put your employer's money above my happiness always really you looked rather cheap to-day with your sanctimonious advice that i marry harrowby aren't you beginning to realize your own position the silly childish figure you cut then you last night when you came staggering across the lawn to me with this foolish gown in your arms i told you i hated you do you imagine i hate you any less now well i don't her voice became tearful i hate you i hate you but some day she turned away from him for she was sobbing outright now i never want to see you again as long as i live she cried never 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 limp pitiable worn by the long fight he had waged minot stood staring helplessly at her heaving shoulders then i can only say i'm sorry he murmured and good-bye he waited she did not turn toward him he stumbled out of the room End of chapter 21